The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM. This is the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, hosted by founder Sarah Coates, a licensed clinical mental health counselor. In this podcast, Sarah and her team of therapists will dive deep into many topics on mental health care. Here's your host, Sarah Coates. Hello, and welcome to the Turning Your Life Around podcast. I'm Sarah Coates, and I'm joined again with my friend and colleague, Erica Smith. Hey, Erica. Hey, Sarah. Thanks for uh, coming back on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I guess that means we didn't scare you away on the earlier one. Not yet. Give it time. It's still possible. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about helping your teen form healthy relationships. And teens are kind of your specialty. They are. My whole professional career has been working with teens in various capacities. And that's probably my favorite demographic to work with. Don't tell all of my adult clients that. (laughs) But yes, that is my specialty for sure. Which is why I think you're definitely someone who can speak to with confidence and knowledge and expertise about this topic. And I know there's lots of parents listening to the podcast and they have teenagers. And I'm in good grief raising a teenager these days. I'm just going to be honest, it's pretty nutso. I I know. Yes, you're battling so many other outside voices that are influencing your teen. Even now during a pandemic, I mm. think parents would like to think that there's less voices, but really because we're all sort of starving for connection, we are creating connection in new inventive ways that may or may not be the healthiest ways all the time. And so relationships are still happening, even if they look a little bit different than they Mm. did before 2020. Absolutely. One big thing that I want to say, and sometimes I have parents in my office very hesitant to talk to their kids about romantic relationships. But one thing I like to say is having this discussion does not mean that I am asking you or you are expected to compromise your family values or what you stand for, even if the rule is not to date. One of the big things that I really want to educate people on is that your teenager is either currently having relationships or will have relationships at some point in their life. And you can either be the person who supports them and educates them on what a healthy one looks like, or they will get that education from somewhere else. And so even if your family value or standard is for your teens not to date at certain levels or to only date in certain capacities, the conversation is still critical because they're going to receive that education from you or from someone else. Even if you believe that your kid is only surrounded by a certain population of people or a certain set of values, if your kid goes outside, if they go to school, if they have access to the internet or to a television, even if you have all sorts of parental boundaries set up, your kid is receiving education on relationships. And you may not always be there to sort of filter the education and navigate and have really healthy discussions around, so what do you think about this? Was this healthy? Do you like the way she talked to him? Do you like the way he talked to their partner? And so it's really important to have those conversations, even if the rule in your house is, you know, you don't date until a certain age. Their brains are still forming. Their brains are developing. They are making connections. Either they're having really healthy conversations with you or they're having them with their friends or somebody on Instagram. Somebody, some random person on Instagram Mm -hmm. that you may not know, who may not really even exist in how they explain themselves. 
Correct. So how do we start talking yeah. with our teens about relationships? Where yeah. do we start? And while I know that this conversation is about talking to your teens about relationships, honestly, in an ideal situation, you start having these conversations from the get-go. And so one thing I say is from the moment this child enters the world, they are making relationship patterns. They are learning things about relationships. And so no, I'm not saying you pull your three-year-old aside and start <laughs> talking to them about dating. What I am saying is it's really important to start talking to your kids about healthy relationships relationships and connections. A relationship is a friendship. A relationship is, you know, your kids have a relationship with their grandma or the neighbor, or technically they have a relationship with the mailman if they ever say hello. How can you start supporting your kid and understanding and making connections between healthy interactions? Um, Because that is the foundation of a healthy intimate partner relationship later on. And so we're going to spend a lot of time talking about talking to your teens about healthy relationships. But ideally, you'd start building that foundation way before they reach adolescence. And the one thing that I will say, too, is that kids are being exposed to intimate partner relationship examples at a much earlier age. Well, yeah, I mean, you turn on the TV Mm -hmm. and every commercial is really showing all different kinds of relationships Mm -hmm. and all different kinds of partnerships, too. And so I know what you're saying. It's as soon as they really start watching TV, which we know is really mm-hmm. young, but you know, when they're pretty verbal and in school age, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, mm-hmm. is when it's time to start maybe talking about what we're seeing on TV. Mm-hmm. And TV is a great tool to use to have conversations about relationships. Even if your kid isn't allowed to date, even if they're not old enough to date, even if you think your kid isn't interested in dating, having those conversations is really critical and it's really helpful. And it can be a very natural thing when you use the characters in their lives that they're connected with. So use those TV shows that they like to watch. Use those commercials that they like. Use those YouTube and Instagram influences and the TikTok influences that they're talking to you about. I know sometimes those conversations parents can be very disconnected from. I'm very disconnected from some of these conversations, frankly. I try to remain relevant, but there are so many, and I can understand how that can be overwhelming. However, these are the people that are teaching your kids things. Mm. Um, And so those TikTok dances and those TikTok relationships, and there's all these challenges on the internet. And if you're confused, ask your kid. They probably would love to talk to you about what they're seeing and the funny things that they're seeing. These are also really great tools for you to ask. So what did you think about that interaction? Would you want that one day? Do you think this is healthy? What would you do if your friends were doing this? And using that as a tool because it's not about them. And sometimes it's a lot easier for teens to talk about the people that they're surrounded by versus their own experiences. But that can give you a pulse as to where their standards are, where their values are, and sort of help you understand, you know, maybe where you need to have extra intentional conversations. Yeah, that resonates. First of all, TikTok. Oh, my gracious. As a parent, Mm -hmm. well, as a person, I'm not a fan of TikTok. I think it's an annoying waste of brain cells. Mm -hmm. I'll just be honest. I'm sorry, whoever I'm offending listening that loves TikTok, but drives me crazy. Uh And so then I have a almost teenager, Mm -hmm. really very much a preteen who loves TikTok mm-hmm. and wants to talk to me and show me all the things on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And because I find it utterly annoying, I want to dismiss that. Mm-hmm. And so just hearing you say right there about what's relevant and important to them, it's so important as parents that we take a minute, mm-hmm. even if it's annoying, mm-hmm. and listen because the people they're watching on TikTok are influencing them mm-hmm. and, and seeing, and of course there's relationships yes. on TikTok mm-hmm. and, and any other social media yep. platform. 
platform. Yep. One thing I'd like to talk to parents about recently is there are all these relationship challenges. So there are things where people will pray pranks on their partners on TikTok and or they will pretend something's happening in their relationship. And I have all kinds of feelings about these challenges, but these are the things your kids are watching. Right. And if you have no idea that they're happening or you don't recognize that this is a conversation that they're having with their friends, you don't know this is a conversation that you could be having with them and a great second to connect with them and also sort of ask what do you think about this? What would you think if your partner did this to you one day? Because frankly, I would be very annoyed. But these are some really great tools for parents to use. And it it sort of leaves the kid sort of on the outside. What I mean by that is sometimes it's very hard for teens to come to their parents and talk about their own personal situation. But by sort of talking about the examples that they're surrounded by, it can be a really great door opener to their own personal situations. Yeah, that makes sense. It reminds me of when I was a kid or a teenager and saying, my friend wants to know blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so now it's... It's even easier to get insight into your kid's brain Mm -hmm. and their relationships is because now they have the social media platforms like TikTok Mm -hmm. that they can use as the the friend reference, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Yes. Yes. So I I think what you're saying is just notice the real life, everyday teachable moments like TikTok and other social media. Even during quarantine, Mm -hmm. our kids and teens are being influenced. So much more now than before. And I will say, too, I think this sort of brings us to a really good point. Because kids and teens can't really socialize in person Mm. the way that they once did, we were already seeing a rise in what we call the social media connected relationship. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I just made that phrase up. That's what I call it, though. It sounds good. Uh, so these are the relationships where kids and teens meet other kids and teens. They develop very sincere friendships or intimate partner relationships. And we're seeing this even more because kids are still dating, even though they're not necessarily going to school. The difference is they may or may not have met this person in mm. real life. Yeah. This is a really important thing to understand understand because it doesn't make that relationship any less real to your teen. Even if to you as their adult, you do not understand this, you don't believe this, you have mixed feelings about it, to your teen, this is just as real of a relationship as if they met them in third period. The difference is it's very hard to confirm or deny things about this person because sometimes, especially when it's a distance connection, and so some some of my teens have relationships with a kid, you know, that they know from a friend who goes to another school. So there's these tangible connections, and parents get very involved, and they're able to talk to this person's parent and make some real life connections. And then there's FaceTime, so it's much easier to sort of validate this experience as the adult in their life. But sometimes there are three states between them and their chosen friend or partner. And you as the adult have all kinds of red flags going up. I'm not saying that those red flags should not be up. I am saying how you talk to your teen about that will either open that door Mm. or nail it shut. Right. Well, and as a parent, I can speak to that. It's scary Mm -hmm. to know that your kid has met someone in three states away. And then then the immediate red flag, at least for me as a parent, is is that person real? Mm -hmm. Is that person an old man pervert? Let's Mm -hmm. just be honest. That's my thought. Yep. Or is it? an actual real-life teenage Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. So it's scary. 
Yeah, it's terrifying. And this is also where you still get to be their parent, right? Yeah. And so if this is not something that's allowed in your house, talking to strangers on the internet is a rule breaker. You are still their adult and you get to make those decisions. If you have more flexibility around this, and some parents do, mm-hmm. it is still very important that you remain involved yeah. and have conversations around social media privacy and appropriate boundaries. Mm-hmm. And these are things that should be happening both for in-person relationships and also these virtual internet relationships. And you also have to remember, even adults now are meeting people online. This is where a lot of adults are making their connections now. The difference is an adult can get in the car and drive. An adult can make some of these more independent choices and they can grab their friend to do all of these things. A teenage brain is not necessarily running through these safety procedures and budgeting requirements and some of the higher brain questions that may be necessary when you have a fully formed brain versus when you are 15, 16, 17. You still get to be the adult and set the boundaries that you need to set as their adult. This is also a great opportunity to have conversations. So even if this is a door that you are going to close as their adult, you can still use it as an opportunity to have some conversations around what did you like about this person? What are some questions that you asked? What are some questions that you could ask in the future? Because the thing is, at some point, this person that you are raising is going to be 18 and they're going to go outside of your house and they're going to spread their wings and fly and either they will soar or they will not soar and they will not have the tools and they will not have had the conversations to have really healthy interpersonal romantic partnerships. Yeah, well, and it makes me think about how we need to be teaching our kids how to fly on their own mm-hmm. and become independent versus telling them how to live their life. Mm-hmm. Because if we're just telling them what to do, A, they may go against it, mm-hmm. or they won't be learning how to critically think for themselves mm-hmm. and, and ask some really pertinent questions. Yeah. So what would you say some unhealthy adolescent relationships look like? Yeah. What should we be on the lookout for? And a lot of times when you know I'm talking to parents about unhealthy relationships, The first thing that comes up is physical abuse and sexual abuse. And these are things that are happening to our teens without a doubt. And oftentimes it does not start with these things. Right. It starts a lot smaller. And these are the things that I often really talk to parents about. Not that I don't talk about physical abuse and sexual abuse because those are happening, they are real, and we need to be looking out for those. There's often a lot of earlier signs Mm -hmm. that as parents of your teens, you can be looking for. One of those things is, does your kids still do what they love to do? So if before this relationship, before this person came into their life, they had all these friends, they had all these activities, are they still doing them? Mm -hmm. Or do you see them spending more and more time only with this person. And maybe you have no idea that this person exists, but you notice this shift in your teenager. This is also something that happens is parents don't know, not because they're not involved, but because there may be rules or cultural norms. And so their kid is hiding these things from them. Mm. But parents are noticing a shift. And this is where having conversations could be really important. Even asking sometimes if you realize that your teen is not open to communicating with you because that foundation hasn't been built. 
having conversations about what's happening around them. This is also sometimes we're asking about someone's friends or starting to have conversations about relationships, even if it's not about them, can give you some insight as to what they may be experiencing. So you want to look out for changes in their life, changes in their social circle, changes in their grades, changes in their personality. Mm -hmm. A lot of these are major indicators that something is going on in your child's life, or there may be someone controlling their decisions because they believe that they're in love Mm -hmm. or they believe that this is their person. Sometimes you've got this really unhealthy person in their life that are telling them that they're not going to be anything without them, that are putting them down, that are really diminishing their light. And I work with a lot of young adults and older adults right now who had these relationships as teenagers Mm. and are still recovering from them because people didn't notice the signs that were happening. And sometimes those relationships lasted for years. These are some of the patterns that you want to be looking out for. Another thing too is social media behavior. Sometimes a lot of this control and manipulation is happening through their phone or computer. I'm not necessarily say that if you have never gone through your child's computer and phone, you suddenly start doing this right now. But I am saying that whatever your standards are, you maintain those. And also recognize that growing up, I was very aware that my phone was not mine. I got to borrow this phone from my mother and at any time it could be returned to its rightful owner. Right. That was the norm in my house. Having conversations, open lines of communication, sort of discussing like what are really appropriate ways to be talking to people when you're watching TV, mm-hmm. you're seeing some unhealthy things, calling that out, having conversations around it. But also recognizing that if you have not had conversations around healthy communication, around internet that privacy around the fact that nothing's really ever private once you put it on technology. And also that no matter what has happened, you are still going to love and support and be there for your child. One of the big things that I have seen a lot of, and I used to work at a domestic violence agency, Mm. a lot of the things would start because a picture was sent and this person believed that all power and hope was lost because this picture was sent. And so they stayed connected to someone who was very unhealthy Mm. because of one choice. And this person made them believe that because of this one choice, they no longer had any power and control. Unfortunately, that one choice sometimes did have exponential consequences. If you as a parent don't remind your child that they always have a choice and that they always can move forward and that you will always love them, then they may believe what this person is telling them. Continuing to remind your kid that even if there's a consequence for their choice, you're still going to be there. Even if there's a consequence for their choice, you're still going to love them. They are still worthy. They still matter. These are all really important things for your teen to know and to be aware of because the nature of dating and relationships for this generation is vastly different from even one generation ago. And it's significantly more different from two and three generations ago. A lot of it comes back to what kind of communication are you having and are you normalizing healthy relationships. Some great examples of this I I always use are time. And so when your kid says something, do their friends respect what it is they've said? If they've set this boundary, like I need to be home by X time, Mm. does your kid's friend respect that yeah um, and vice versa if they say I want to spend an hour studying on my math test before I play this video game with you does your kids friend start harassing them 30 minutes in and I'm not saying you need to go vote those friends off the island right. <laughs> I am saying that this is a great way for you to have conversations around boundaries and yeah. finding people who are going to hold your boundaries who are going to support them who are going to validate them and you doing the same for your friends mm-hmm. boundaries around time can lead to 
great conversations around boundaries around touch. Using these sort of less threatening conversations as great ways to talk to your kids about boundaries. Absolutely. And boundaries are pivotal in Mm -hmm. any kind of relationship. And I think it's so important that we're teaching our kids boundaries from the Mm get-go, but especially in these formative years of navigating teenage relationships. So what do you think about long distance, social media, video game relationships? Mm -hmm. What are maybe some pointers we can share with parents who are listening on how to help their teens navigate those? So the first thing is to validate. So I have a lot of parents who don't count those friends as friends. They're not real. This isn't your real friend. All that really does is close the door on any further communication with your teen. For your teen, this is a real friend. Mm. And some Sometimes this is a real friend. They do talk about other things. One thing I like to tell parents is sometimes it's easier for your teens to have conversations about emotions and feelings with someone who is not right in front of them or sort of a disconnect. This is why sometimes teens talk really well with a therapist because they're this third party outside person. Mm. However, it's also really important to have conversations around safety with your teen because talking to this person about where you live and really personal details, sending money or pictures. I've had all of these things happen in real life. Those may not be healthy things to do. And so having conversations around safety, around what your expectations in, again, if this is not something you allow, you are their adult. You get to make that decision. If it is something that you allow, then have conversations around health and safety. One thing that I will say is you are also battling social media here too, Mm -hmm. because there are so many examples right now of people who met someone online five years ago, and now they're a groomsman in the wedding, or now they're in love in real life. Right. And so you're battling all of these other outside influences because your kid will have examples of how this video game friend could potentially turn into this longtime friendship. And who are you to say that it won't? The thing is, I don't know. Yeah. However, as their parent, if you allow them to have these connections, then you can still have really healthy conversations around what are some ways we can set some really healthy boundaries around someone who's technically still a stranger. Like, yes, they have consistently played Call of Duty with you for six months now, and that's great. And y'all make a great Call of Duty team. And we're not going to tell them where we live. Also, unless I have conversations with their parents and we get to FaceTime and do all these other things over the course of the next six months, we're still going to have some pretty firm boundaries around this. And as their adult, you get to make some of these decisions Mm -hmm. and calls. But if you don't validate this relationship for them, they're not going to want to talk to you about any of their relationships. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You have to basically meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. Social media relationships, friendships, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's not going away. Mm -mm. I don't think as parents we can we can actually battle it and try to extinguish them Mm -hmm. because they're not going away. Mm -mm. Maybe we need to just learn how to embrace it, but still stay connected enough with our teens to Mm -hmm. be able to help them set good boundaries around those quote unquote long distance Mm -hmm. kind of relationships. Yeah, for sure. Are there any positives that we can take away about some of these long distance relationships or, or just helping our teens navigate these things? Yeah. One thing I always like to say is sometimes the reason teens don't want to talk to their parents is because parents come with, here are the warning labels for all of the decisions that you're ever going to make in your life. (laughs) And that is overwhelming and frustrating. And I completely understand where parents are coming from. 
And I think on some level, teens get it too. However, they don't want to only hear about how scary the world is. A lot of teens have a very real knowledge of how scary it is. They also want to know what are some of the positives. Mm. And so talking to your kids about the the beautiful parts of healthy relationships and what makes a healthy relationship worth it. Yes, still work. And so I talk to parents about making sure your kids know that a healthy relationship is about intentional decisions and work. And also, what are the perks of being in a healthy relationship? How fun is it to have really great friends that you can talk to, to call on, to laugh with, to cry with, to talk about the good stuff and the bad stuff? How can you notice examples and encourage your friends when you notice things happening? How can you encourage your teens when you notice some healthy relationships? And also validate when you see them making really healthy choices with their relationships. Because that's also how we leave the door open for some of the harder conversations. Because we're talking about Yes, the really challenging parts of life and its warning labels, but also some of the beautiful parts of life and the beautiful things that healthy relationships can provide. Well, and I think if you validate when they're doing a good job Mm -hmm. and when they're navigating relationships well, Mm -hmm. that should spur them on to continue to do those kinds of behaviors and patterns. For sure. You hope they build on that positivity and create even healthier relationships or more of that. Mm -hmm. So I think validation is probably key is what you're saying. Yes. Validate the positives. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. At the end of the day, what do you think is most important in helping your teen navigate relationships? Mm -hmm. Be an active participant in your teen's life. Mm. This sometimes means taking and showing an intentional interest in things that you aren't really interested in. Like TikTok. Like TikTok, like social media. (laughs) You don't have to lie and make your own TikTok. But when they're talking to you about these things, they are talking to you. They're trying to connect with you and they're trying to connect with you on something that they're interested in. Actively participate. Meet them where they are. Communicate. Use examples in your day-to-day life about the relationships and the interactions. Also be authentic when it's appropriate about some of the relationship challenges you've had. If someone didn't respect your boundary at work and it's an appropriate conversation to use as an example, great. Use that. Let them know how you maintained your boundary Mm -hmm. or how you didn't maintain your boundary and the consequence of that when those conversations are appropriate. Also remember to validate them first. What I mean by this is if they are coming to you with a problem, even if that problem leads to a consequence based on your family standards and expectations, validate and encourage and support them first. Let them know how much it means to you that they came to you. Even though there's going to be a consequence for a decision, let them know that you still love them, you still support them, and you want them to keep coming back and that you are going to be there to walk through whatever the outcome of this consequence is. Make sure you're doing that because that is sort of what leaves the door open for further conversation down the road. Your kid's going to mess up in relationships. Mm -hmm. They will probably do so a few times. And how you handle each one is going to determine if they come back to you with the next one or they Google it. (laughs) And let Google tell them how to navigate Mm -hmm. it. Far better for them to learn it firsthand from their real life experienced adult Mm -hmm. in the room or the parrot. Yes. For sure. Yes. Well, that's really helpful. If you're listening today and you have a teen that needs some help navigating relationships or you're a parent 
and you need some additional support and resources on how to help your teen better navigate relationships, you're welcome to reach out to Erica Smith. She's in our Cary location, and we have a number of other teen therapists, other therapists who can support parents raising teens in the practice. So look us up, read our website. We have a lot of information there and find someone to help you navigate this journey. Thanks, Erica. Thanks so much for having me. You've been listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast presented by 180 Counseling with five triangle locations to serve you. Learn more at 1-80counseling.com. This has been an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM, a Curtis Media Group station.